Good afternoon, and thank you for enjoying it with a six-pack, the Scani Six-Pack, the only podcast that's bringing you the top stories in all of Wisconsin sports, and we do it in less time than it takes to complete your commute. I'm your host, Kedrick Stumbrus, and you can follow me on Twitter at Kedrick Stumbrus and follow the podcast at Scotty Six-Pack to get the latest updates in Wisconsin sports. The day is finally here. It is opening day. The Milwaukee Brewers will finally start the regular season at the Chicago Cubs, and we got a slew of baseball news to start the show with today, including the biggest game of the Milwaukee Bucks season so far afterwards. Then we're going to talk a little bit of Wisconsin Badgers basketball transfer portal news to finish off the show. But let's start off actually looking back a couple of days uh, at the Brewers' spring training finale. This was actually a game that I got to attend. Uh, I am currently sitting in Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, where the Colorado Rockies spring training facility is. They share that facility with the Arizona Diamondbacks, and the Brewers finished their spring training with a pair of games against uh, the Colorado Rockies. And I must say, for a first-time spring training game goer, I was very glad to get out and see the team. Uh, you know, spring training is always going to be quite a mix of these guys are on the roster, these guys aren't going to be on the opening day roster, uh, a little bit of everything, but it was really fantastic to get to see um, guys who are going to be making big league debuts, uh, like Chris Terang. And, of course, I got to, for the very first time, see uh, my boy Jackson Churio, uh, soon to be the number one prospect in all of baseball, uh, play and even get a hit in his first at-bat uh, of the game there. So that was really exciting. I'm glad I got to do it. Uh, and I would highly recommend uh, for any Wisconsinites, get down to Cactus League play whenever you can uh, next season, the season after that because hanging out in sunny Arizona during the months of, you know, um, February, March, is a lot better than what that weather looks like back in Wisconsin. And it's just great. Spring training fans are really knowledgeable, are really friendly. No one is there necessarily as a ravenous Homer fan. You're dealing with people who are kind of like the most um well knowledgeable fans i should say generally for the most part uh in, in my experience i you know i go to a lot of games and you see that sometimes you get a lot of if you go to away games you get angry fans who are just upset with you for being a fan of another team and uh that's that's no fun uh getting to interact with fans who are fans of the team, but ultimately fans of the game. You have to be a fan of the game to go to a preseason spring training game all the way down, perhaps on the other side of the country, and going to that game at the Colorado Rockies training facility where they played the Milwaukee Brewers, seeing a good contingent of Brewers fans, a really solid contingent of Colorado Rockies fans, but then seeing, of course, Diamondbacks fans. You're in Arizona, you're going to see that, but then also seeing uh, fans of the Chicago Cubs, uh, saw some Los Angeles Dodgers hats, also saw someone wearing an Amarillo Sod Poodles hat, uh, which is a minor league baseball team in Texas. So you really just have baseball fans who are turning it all in. And I must say, I had a really fantastic experience going to a spring training game. Uh, but now, uh, two days removed from that, we are on to the Brewers regular season opener. Uh, and that game is going to be at 1.20 p.m. Central. And you can catch that on Bally Sports Wisconsin as the Brewers play the Chicago Cubs at Wrigley Field, where it's going to be uh, 40 degrees, it looks like, when the game starts. 
real rough game to play outside. If if only one of these two teams had, I don't know, a, a stadium with an indoor roof, maybe even a retractable roof so that you could play some games inside, some games outside, uh, but inside in the early parts of the season when it's, you know, particularly cold for Midwest teams. If only there was a stadium like that uh, that either one of these two teams could use in early April, uh, maybe within a two-hour drive or so of Wrigley Field. That would be really convenient. Um, I'm, of course, talking in jest about uh, American Family Field, uh, the AmFam Slam Clam, of course. Uh, but now we're going to get the Milwaukee Brewers starting their season uh, where Corbin Burns, the 2021 Cy Young Award winner in the National League, is going to face Kyle Hendricks, who will take the mound to start for the Chicago Cubs on opening day. And this is going to be a really exciting Brewer season, I think. Um, I don't think this team is as good as, you know, the team two years ago. I think it looks more like the team we saw, probably an average of the team that we saw last season uh, in 2022. Not necessarily the full slide out that the team was down the stretch after the trade deadline. Um, I think maybe a little bit better than that, but this team just needs to find some offense. Uh, I think that this Brewers team is going to be um, really contingent on whether or not, of course, we can get some really solid production from Christian Yelich, who is going to start in the leadoff spot still for this team. It's where he did his best work last season, and uh, although you don't want to have someone who makes the salary, who has the contract that Christian Yelich does necessarily in the leadoff spot. You'd rather have him in the two spot where uh, Jesse Winker, who is new to the Brewers, the designated hitter, is going to be hitting today. Or uh, Willie Adamas, of course, the star, hoping we get a long-term contract uh, for the all-star shortstop for the Brewers, is going to play. You know, you wish uh, Christian Yelich would be hitting in one of those two spots and you had um, someone else whose talent was just get on base hitting in, in the one spot instead. Uh, and you could have your big contract or Christian Yelich uh, hitting uh, runs in. But uh, we're, we're faced with the Christian Yelich we have, not the Christian Yelich uh, we used to have, the Christian Yelich we wish that we still had. Um, still today, though, we're, we're going to have a great game, and I fully expect the Brewers to be in contention for the division throughout this season with <clears throat> the Arizona Cardinals and that's going to be an exciting season. At the very least, you're, you're going to have a way to get through summer um, if the Milwaukee Bucks happen to get eliminated early from the playoffs. Not that I think that's what's going to happen, um, but, you know, even if they do end up winning uh, the NBA Finals, you you got to get away, got to get a way to get through July and August uh, before Packers season starts, and the Milwaukee Brewers are going to be there, hopefully in contention the whole way uh, to get you there. So, this is going to be an exciting Brewer season. Uh, we're going to see some some rookies get some action, some young kids get some action, and Bryce Terang is going to start opening day at second base for the Brewers. Garrett Mitchell is, of course, starting at center field on opening day for the Brewers, and I don't think this is going to be the last of the young kids we're going to see called up. Uh, Sal Freilich didn't make the 40-man uh, uh, roster. He is going to go down and start the year at AAA, but he, uh, I think we should very much expect him to get some time in uh, Milwaukee and have those at bats and take those at bats in the in the outfield as well. Uh, and even hopefully we see because uh, Craig Council said 
can maybe expect to see him, you know, may as well give him a try, see Jackson Churio get some get some playing time, and that would be great to see in Milwaukee uh, if we can do that because I think that would sell a lot of tickets for the Brewers um, if that's only the, the only reason to do it. Um, it's going to be really exciting to see Jackson Churio hopefully come up to Milwaukee soon. He, he looked good in that uh, dark blue Brewers uniform down here in Scottsdale, Arizona, and I think he would look even better wearing it under the lights at uh, American Family Field. So it, it should be a good season. I'm looking forward to how this goes down and uh, hopefully looking forward to uh, a win over the Chicago Cubs today. In other Brewers news adjacent, there is a fun story that was told about Wade Miley yesterday. Uh, I wrote about this for Wisconsin Sports Heroics. You can find my story published um there on Wisconsin Sports Heroics, you can find uh, the link I published on my Twitter for this at Kendrick Summers. I'll also put the story in the podcast description. Uh, but Wade Miley, who is back with the Brewers uh, for the first time since the 2018 season where he took on a starting role for the Brewers, uh, of course, kind of famously started that uh, game five where he threw one pitch uh, or faced one batter. And before Craig Council pulled the old switcheroo and brought in uh, Braden Woodruff, trying to get the upper edge management-wise um, over the Dodgers in that game, and then came in uh, and started Game Six and got the win over the Dodgers in a big game there, in a big spot uh, to force Game Seven in the 2018 NLCS. Uh, Wade leap back with Brewers uh, signing as a free agent this offseason, probably coming out of the bullpen here overall, but. Corbin Burns was asked uh, during some media availability yesterday on the eve of opening day what his favorite Wade Miley story was, and he revealed a really (laughs) interesting, not even baseball story, just um, human experience story. Apparently, uh, Burns Burns told the story, and then Wade Miley was asked about it a little bit later in the day when he was able to clarify some parts of the story. Back in 2018, turns out this happened in August of that season, Wade Miley, as he described it, went in a little hot on a hamburger, uh, took two big bites of it, tried to swallow it, got up uh, from the clubhouse kitchen, and just went to go grab something from his locker, and he started choking on the hamburger. Um, real tough for a guy, you don't want a starting pitcher, uh, to be choking on a hamburger, and started freaking out, ran to figure out if he should go to the trainer's room, uh, which is about 40 yards away, as he describes it, or run back into the kitchen. Unfortunately, even though uh, it was an off day uh, from, I believe, what he describes, but he, he was not pitching, um, but ran back into the kitchen, and there were a couple of guys around, noticed he was having some trouble, and so some guys went to go grab the training staff, but uh, Wade Riley needed help right then and there. And so Stephen Vogt recognized this, uh, who was with the Brewers back then, still is with the Brewers now, and gave him the Heimlich and, uh, in short, saved Wade Miley's life, as he describes it, saved him from choking. And then uh, Wade Miley and Stephen Vogt were able to have a little laugh about it, have a little levity around a, a scary situation. Uh, on the next road trip, Miley purchased a nurse's costume or Stephen votes after saving him, and Stephen Vogt took it really, really well, was happy to wear it, take some pictures, uh, and was kind of proud of his nurse role there to save a teammate of his. 
according to Miley, he has a bit of a throat condition that this actually kind of happens from time to time, not to this degree. He said that this was probably the worst that he's ever experienced it, but overall he kind of does have to chew his food really significantly and didn't do that right there. It, it was just a, an interesting piece, not, not the common story I hear about baseball ever. So it was really interesting to hear that. Uh, Wade, Wade Miley uh, told the story really well. He was happy to share it. Uh, and even though this story went untold for four and a half years, now we have it. And I guess, fortunately, Wade Miley signed that free agent contract this offseason. Otherwise, maybe the story would have just been lost to time overall. Um, so getting away from the Brewers a little bit, but talking about something, again, baseball adjacent, uh, a couple hours up north, the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers released a new food and drink menu for this upcoming season. Of course, the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers being the high A minor league affiliate for the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, I have, you know, some affinity for the Timber Rattlers growing up in Appleton, them being my hometown minor league baseball team as someone who is enamored with minor league baseball. Uh, as I said, when I first saw, saw this story on Twitter, uh, minor league baseball stays undefeated and the Timber Rattlers have some really fantastic new food items, and I would highly recommend anybody get out there uh, to try some of the new fare that will be on uh, on the concourse as options because, one, it's just great getting out to ball game. It's cheap. Single-ray games are cheap. And I think that the Timber Rattlers have been doing a good job of pumping out some of this young talent for uh, the Brewers overall and have been developing them really well in their farm system. Uh, Jackson Jurio, who of course we talk about all the time, um, had a really nice stint over there at High A with the with the Timber Rattlers rather to end the High A season before going up to get some more uh, at bats with Double A Veloxy to polish off his his season overall. And Bryce Terang, starting at second base, of course, was a uh, Wisconsin Timber Rattler as well. So. If you want to see who the potential Milwaukee Brewers of tomorrow are going to be, get yourself up to uh, the Fox Cities and go see a Timber Rattlers game and try some of these great new food items. Um, I'm really excited <laughs> to see you have poppin' popcorn and popcorn chicken. This is popcorn mixed in a souvenir helmet topped with popcorn chicken and garlic parmesan seasoning available. So this is popcorn chicken mixed in with popcorn and garlic parmesan seasoning it's fantastic uh and of course you have funnel cake nacho fries but these are not this is not a sweet funnel cake this is a savory funnel cake fries option uh it's described as this dish is funnel cake fries served in a helmet of course everything in baseball is better when it's served in a miniature plastic souvenir helmet um, funnel cake fries served in a helmet topped with your choice of protein and your favorite classic nacho toppings i don't think i've ever had something that was a savory funnel cake before but i am very intrigued and very excited if you also happen to be at um, a local event you're looking for 
uh, your your company and organization to rent out a space at uh, Fox City Stadium. There's also the Fox Club, which has some new items in there. Uh, Fox Club accommodates up to 150 people on game day. Uh, it is including some new items, including a foot long, uh, the Bigfoot quesadilla, one foot long, 12 inch quesadilla, and the garlic bread BLT, a classic BLT served on three slices of garlic bread. Who doesn't love bacon? Who doesn't love garlic bread? Uh, this sounds absolutely phenomenal. So uh, that's, you know, a little bit uh, here on opening day. Going to be an exciting Brewers baseball season. We all hope uh, that will get us all the way over to the game and or over to Packers season at least. And it's going to be a good time. But before I think a lot of people tune in to the Brewers season, we're all going to be anxiously waiting to see what happens with the Milwaukee Bucks in the playoffs. The Milwaukee Bucks, of course, who have clinched a playoff spot, have clinched the Central Division title, are now on their way to clinching the number one overall seed in the NBA, in the Eastern Conference. And tonight is the biggest game of the Milwaukee Bucks season so far because the Milwaukee Bucks take on the Boston Celtics. And with a win tonight... Milwaukee can take a four-game lead over the Celtics for first place in the East with just five games to go. Not only that, but the Bucs would also clinch the tiebreaker over the Celtics. This would be a huge win, would mean that Milwaukee could lose four of five, could have the Celtics then win four of their last five, and Milwaukee would still have it. Uh, it would be virtually clinching the number one seed in in the east which of course is huge for the eastern conference because the top four in the east looking like it's going to shape shake out to be milwaukee boston one two probably in that order um and then the 76ers and behind them being the cleveland cavaliers if milwaukee is able to clinch the number one seed in the east that means that in the second round of the playoffs they would have to play Cleveland, which although is a great team, Donovan Mitchell is doing fantastic things with Cleveland. I mean, truly, that's a fantastic team, but clearly a notch below, at least this season, uh, the 76ers, Celtics, and Bucks. Um, but so if you fall to that two spot, the Bucks have to go through the other one. Uh, Bucks would have to go through the 76ers in the second round of the playoffs, and then ultimately have to play the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals, assuming you know, seeding holds overall and none of those teams get bounced early in the first round. But if you're the 1C, you're guaranteed to only have to play one of the 76ers or the Celtics to get yourself to an NBA Finals and face whoever comes out of the West. So there's pretty big uh, consequences here for getting the number one seed in the East. This is not your grandfather's Eastern Conference in the NBA. This is a really solid top section of uh, the the NBA, really solid top of the Eastern Conference. And uh, I think everybody kind of assumes that the NBA champion is probably going to come out of the Eastern Conference this year, uh, whether that is the Bucks, the Celtics, the 76ers, probably who that's going to end up being. Uh, don't turn out whoever it's going to come out of the West, but uh, the, the East looks incredibly strong. And while the Celtics have slipped as of late, there's they get their stuff together. Uh, it could be really, really dangerous team. So uh, hopefully Milwaukee Bucks can get a win tonight. Uh, the Bucks are, of course, on their second night of a back-to-back -back 
after defeating the Indiana Pacers last night. And even though they're on the second night of a back-to-back, it was great to see that the Bucks were able to rest the likes of Drew Holiday and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo down the stretch. Chris Middleton took the day off yesterday uh, because the Bucks just destroyed the Indiana Pacers. And Drew Holiday scored 51 points last night. Absolutely incredible. Not only that, Giannis had a 35-point triple-double. Uh, some some fantastic stats coming out of this. Uh, first, uh, from ESPN Stats and Info, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks last night were the first team in NBA history to have a 50-point score, being Drew Holiday, and a 35-point triple-double by two different players in the same game, ever. Uh, and then per NBA history, there have only been three pairs of teammates ever to com- in the same game to combine for 85 or more points, 25 or more rebounds, and 20 or more assists. Those pairs of teammates are Elgin Baylor and Wilt Chamberlain. The second pairing is Wilt again and Guy Rogers. And the third pairing is Giannis Antetokounmpo and Drew Holiday. Which, if you are putting yourself into the likes of accomplishments of feats that have only been done by people that include Wilt Chamberlain, who put up monstrous, uh, unimaginable numbers. Wilt Chamberlain is littered all over the record books. It's just not going to be surpassed all over the place. He broke the game of basketball. Uh, That's an incredible feat. Incredible feat. Uh, And not only that, but, you know, one of those is one of those combos is Elgin Baylor and Wilt Chamberlain. So uh, Giannis and Drew really put on a show last night, and that was great. And hopefully uh, Pfizer Forum can get rocking tonight in, in Milwaukee and show exactly what they're made up overall. So if you're going to the game tonight, uh, I first of all, get to the game tonight. Oh my God, get to the game tonight. But if you're going to get to the game tonight, do it. And when you go, I use TickPick buy all of my tickets you can use TickPick to get the best price of any ticket on a resale market that you can get anywhere not only it's not only guaranteed but if they if you do end up paying more on TickPick than you would elsewhere on another platform TickPick will pay you that difference back twice in credit for your next purchase TickPick never charges service fees never charges delivery fees the price is what you get this is not advertisement I'm just telling you Gets the game. I love TickPick. Use it. And when you use it, use the link in the podcast description here and you will get $10 off your first purchase. So that game is going to be at 6.30 p.m. on TNT. Now, to top off the six-pack tonight, let's talk about Wisconsin women's basketball uh, because this is actually a pretty big story. And Maddie Wilkie, who is departing from the... Wisconsin basketball program. Uh, I wrote about this for Badger Notes yesterday. Uh, you can find that link to the story in the podcast description or find it uh, where I tweeted it on Twitter uh, at Derek Stumbrus. And this is a key player for Wisconsin. Uh, Maddie Wilkie was a starter for this team, a freshman starter, a Beaver Dam Wisconsin dated freshman starter, and is leaving the program. Uh, Carly Morota from WKOW first reported this, and Maddie Wilkie later confirmed that report to her. Uh, this is a tough loss because 
head coach Marissa Mosley, who just finished her second year in the program. I think many were seeing some really positive signs of development because this was the best uh, season in over a decade for the Badgers. Uh, they, they're, <laughs> it's, you know, their tenth place finish in the league was their best finish in over a decade. Uh, earned more wins in the conference than over a decade is their best season in conference play since 2011 for the Badgers. Uh, but now they're going to have a really hard time kind of rebuilding this roster because a lot of players have have left. Uh, this this roster is going to be incredibly flipped between graduation, transfer portal. Uh, some folks deciding to just leave college basketball altogether. Uh, I think it does raise some questions about exactly what is going on here. Uh, it's kind of interesting to to see positive results on the court while there is clearly some turmoil off of it. Um, so it it's tough. Uh, Maddie Wilkie was a fantastic guard. She did set a record for a first-year player at Wisconsin with 61 three-pointers, uh, the most of any first-year Badger. And I, I think there was a really good chance for Maddie Wilkie and uh, fellow freshman Sarah Williams to provide a one-two punch for the Badgers moving forward. Sarah Williams, of course, being a forward uh, who was also a top scorer on this Badgers team. And it's tough. Um, Going to be a lot of what-ifs about if Maddie Wilkie would say. Uh I'm hearing some rumblings about where Maddie Wilkie is is headed. Uh, I, I know Drew Ham, who writes the Badgers Ball Nowhere Substack, uh, said that he's hearing that she might be headed to Minnesota, which is odd. Uh, that is not the landing potential landing spot that I've heard uh, for her. But there's not enough there that I'm willing to report right now. Uh, but it's it's a tough loss, and you know, of course, Wisconsin basketball transfer portal news is going to be really big this offseason uh, already for the men's team, and it looks like there's going to be plenty more to look forward to uh, on the women's side as well. But that is going to be all I have for you today. So uh, thanks again for listening to the Scotty Six Pack. It's the only podcast that's going to bring you the top stories in all of Wisconsin sports, and we do it in less time than it takes for you to complete your morning commute. I've been Kedrick Stumbrus. You can follow me on Twitter at Kedrick Stumbrus and follow the podcast at Scotty Six Pack to get the latest updates in Wisconsin sports. Thanks very much. On Wisconsin, Lester Lures. Oh, and of course, Bucks and Six, Foreign Culture. <laughs>